This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the short code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. On today's show, what the Texas law SB8 means for access to abortions and medical education, we'll play out of the loop. And whatever else you guys, my co-hosts, want to talk about. Speaking of which, to help process these things, we've got what I think is some sort of cabal of M2s who, as a group, signed up for today's show. Over here, we've got Rick Gardner. Dr. Dick, checking in and here to serve. Oh, God. Uh, And over here, we've got uh, Grant Hurd. Hello. (laughs) <laughs> I've been told to introduce myself as Gogurt. Right, so. <laughs> We've also got Caitlin Paulson. Hey, hey, KP in the house. Hey. And Zane Meddy returns. Once again, Zany Brainy in the house. Thank you all for coming. I, I call you a cabal because it seems like uh, Rick convinced you all that this was a good idea. This is a good yeah. way to spend your, your Friday. And I can't say that I blame him. I would use the term coerce. Okay. I was a little afraid that you were you were doing this to make trouble, but Zane doesn't Zane doesn't think that's the case. You you just wanted your you just wanted your buds nice on the show. Well, welcome. Before we get started, I need to visit the financial aid office because I want to tell you about our sponsor, Panacea Financial. Panacea Financial is a nationwide digital bank built for medical students, built by doctors who lived through financial frustrations themselves. Whether you're a fourth-year medical student, a resident, or an attending physician, Panacea offers free checking with no ATM fees, 24-7 customer services, and loan options designed specifically for you. At Panacea Financial, you can get a PRN personal loan up to $15,000 as a medical student funded in as little as 24 hours at less than half the interest rate of a credit card, something you might want to look into when it comes time to move for your residencies. You can try their PRN personal loan for a better way to cover expenses such as relocation, board exams, or residency applications. Medical students and residents can have a period of no or reduced payments. And to top it off, every Panacea financial customer gets their own free personal banker who is a phone call or email away to provide the personalized service you deserve no matter where you move in your career. If you're ready to join the growing number of physicians nationwide who expect more from their bank, visit PanaceaFinancial.com today to learn more. Panacea Financial is a division of Primus, member FDIC. Thank you, Panacea Financial, for your support. I appreciate your uh, coming back to the show. Woo! Very nice. Yeah. yeah, so I had heard through the grapevine that Rick's goal was to make show today's show weird or crazy for me, but that... It, I just wanted my besties on here with me. Okay. I'm a little disappointed. I was hoping for weird or crazy, but... I just do that innately. Well, all right. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about first was uh, Grant and Caitlin. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. I just wanted to know... Uh, you know, you guys are M twos. Where where did you where did you come from before medical education? The same high school. Yeah, we actually in the same up- class. No, no. Oh, <laughs> Grant's a superstar, and he graduated early. Ooh, um, and is much younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> what did, What did you do after you graduated? Were you just like f this noise? I'm out of here, and I, and, and like I don't know, worked at the local coffee shop. What'd you do? 
I came to medical school. We could we're, not, not, we're not directly from high school. Wait, I went okay. to college. <laughs> <laughs> he skipped college. Talk about being a superstar. <laughs> Damn. I mean, he did it in between getting his Nobel Prize and uh, like, yeah. saving the world. Uh, yeah. I'm not a superstar. I was supposed to be class of 2018 from high school, but I was able to skip some years, so I was able to start med school in 2020. So. Okay. We could have used you on the show last week when we had a listener question about this very thing. In case she's oh, listening, really? would you recommend that path? Now that you have completed, I think it depends on the person because I, all of my friends were usually in the grade above me. So when I was graduating, I was actually just graduating with my friends. But I think that if you're going to waste an entire year with your friends, it might not be so worth it. So, you know, like if you're graduating early just to graduate early, but you're going to leave behind a bunch of friends and miss out on like an awesome year, then I don't think it'd be worth it. But got it. Okay. Yeah. But enough. in the end, the opportunity cost of not doing it is a full year's salary. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. That's not what we said. I mean, we did say you, you risk missing out on some things that mm-hmm. would, you know, sort of broaden your experience and, and be good for you to experience. The um, context, I think, yeah. is important, too. It was someone who was graduating high school with basically an associate and then going to mm-hmm. go to college go for two years for pre-med and she was wondering how to like study for the MCAT mm. she wanted to go to med school mm-hmm. and we were kind of like or they talked about more of like wanting to slow down and just like kind of gain some life experience yeah yeah I really liked the track that I took of going fast because I didn't think that I missed out on anything especially like I graduated early but that year was COVID from like I graduated one year early from college but I was just missing out on a COVID year which sucked for everyone anyway so. yeah that kind of yeah. changes the the calculus a little bit yeah, yeah. I know one girl in the current M1 class was supposed to be in our class and she oh, deferred really? for a year. Mm-hmm. So because of COVID or just other reasons? Oh, uh, well, she's also a Fulbright scholar. Oh, well, that yeah. does make she a was difference. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Well, and Caitlin, what was your what was your deal? My deal, I am also from the Des Moines area. And then I went to the University of Arizona and was actually a dance major and worked as an EMT and did all that. And then I actually did not plan for a gap year, but I ended up having one. And I had a different experience. I was really grateful for that year to live, enjoy my life and make some money and get some experience on my belt. And I felt like those experiences in that one year are getting me through a lot of the discussions that we have here in medical school. And like, I'm able to provide anecdotes and I've appreciated that. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Especially especially because you can help me uh, with the big news this week, a uh, Texas abortion law, which does two things. Essentially, it bans abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. And strangely, it allows private citizens, including non-Texans, to sue anyone who helps someone get an abortion past the six-week mark. So you can bring a claim if you know that someone intends to have an abortion or intends to aid and abet one and possibly earn $10,000 in the process. So when can I start suing the Texas lawmakers? You can't. <laughs> and I'll get I'll get to that. Wait, are you like I'm utterly serious about this. That to top it all off, the Supreme Court refused to block the law in part as I understand it because the law specifically bars the government from enforcing it. Now this is the crazy part. The law the it's the private citizen's ability to sue that acts as enforcement. So in the past If there was an overly restrictive abortion law, Planned Parenthood would sue the attorney general of that state, and that was their chance to get the law overturned or blocked, I guess would be the right term. 
But because the attorney general is specifically not in charge of enforcement, there's nobody to sue. And so that's the, that's the, that's the whole strategy of this law. So do you think doctors are going to stop preventing abortions in Texas just preemptively or? Because I'm thinking like, yeah, if the thing is just going to get sued, yeah, you know, like if, if they have the opportunity cost or the, the, maybe the better way to say it is they have the budget to take a $10,000 hit regularly by whatever means that's possible. Are they still able to do that facing no criminal punishment? Only civil. I think that's an open question. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's you know, it's definitely not the state that's going to pay you ten thousand dollars. It's going to be the provider. So if you can bear up under the weight of a zillion citizen initiated lawsuits to the tune of potentially 10 grand a piece, then I guess you could hold up. I think there's there's still a lot of a, a lot of unanswered questions about the effects of this law. But yeah, I mean, I can imagine it would I can see a situation where, you know, basically there would be no more abortion providers in the state of Texas. And, you know, I suppose you could go out of state to get an abortion, but Texas is a big state. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't think Oklahoma is going to do any better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the state of abortion law is in the other states, but I think there's four states where there's only currently one abortion provider in the whole state. And I mm-hmm. think Oklahoma is one and Missouri is one. Maybe I'm could be wrong. That's okay. Speculation is fine here on the short code <laughs> podcast. It's fine. Okay. But yeah, I think there's four states where there's only currently one abortion provider and they're usually uh, southern states. So, yeah, that's wild. I know that I was on Instagram and I saw that numerous health organizations slash uh, associations have spoken out against this. The American Medical Association, the American Osteopathic Association, among those that I saw. And they're saying, like, this is this is just bad. Like it should this should be something that is between a, a clinician and mm-hmm. their patient. And this is how it should be handled. Yeah. Not legally, especially and not within private citizens mm-hmm. outside turning- the patient care team. Yeah, and they're turning communities against each other to report this. And I believe that abortions will happen no matter what. So if they can be done safely, why would we not want that? That would seem like a better option. <laughs> I think yeah. historical evidence has shown in other countries that when abortions have banned, been mm-hmm. banned, it's maternal and fetal mortality is the end result. Abortions mm-hmm. don't stop. No. I think the other thing to be concerned about from a medical education perspective is the ACGME requires that residency programs have to provide training or access to training in the provision of abortions, and this must be a par- part of the planned curriculum. Residents can opt out if they've got moral or religious objections, but the programs have to have the ability to train people in order to be, what do you, what do you call it? Accredited. accredited. And if they can't be accredited because they don't have access to abortion providers, then I'm not sure what that, I, I, I don't know. As an, if, if I was an OB-GYN, I definitely wouldn't be, or if I was an OB, prospective OB-GYN, I definitely wouldn't be looking to practice or, or do my residency in Texas right now. Which is only going to propagate an issue. I mean, I, I can't speak towards Texas, but I know Iowa has a physician shortage and it's not like, oh, we're just lacking some family doctors. It's widespread across many specialties. And so if that's going to be the case, typically where people do their residency, they will end up practicing. So this is only going to exacerbate an issue leading to lack of care for women, women's health and obstetric care. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. And, and then, of course, there's the possibility that, you know, this is just the this is this is the first nail in the coffin of Roe v. Wade. 
mm-hmm. especially since the Supreme Court. Actually, my understanding is that the Supreme Court could not intervene because of the way this law was written. Again, because it's the citizens who have the power of enforcement. And so the Supreme Court specifically could not intervene. I think they could decide on an issue of constitutionality, but that's not the case that was brought that they tried to bring to the Supreme Court this week exactly. So So I wonder if that means that when a private citizen brings forth a case, it could maybe the ACLU could take it up on the defense and then it could make its way to the Supreme Court somehow. Yeah. It's one of those ways. Wish I was a lawyer. <laughs> I don't wish I was a lawyer. <laughs> my <laughs> sister's <laughs> applying to law school, so oh. she'll be dealing with this, I'm sure. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I'm not interested in being a lawyer. <laughs> that, I would be a terrible lawyer. I wonder that, how- that requires uh, hard, hard work and a memory. <laughs> Lots of reading. What the hell am I doing right now? That's not what I do. <laughs> what is medical school then? I wonder how this will impact the yeah the law firms and everyone in Texas in, in terms of busying them with a lot of civil cases and whatnot. Yeah. Also, it's worth pointing out that you know when you when you sue somebody, you don't get the money. You get some of the money. And lawyers are But the lawyers are the ones who make out. Yeah, the lawyers are the ones who make out here. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what You mean the profit? Because if the lawyers are making out, I don't want any part of this. Well, we'll have to talk to Caitlin's sister about that. (laughs) Come on. That was good. (laughs) That was a good check. You know what I'm thinking about for the new laws? It's like a strict cutoff of six weeks. But that means that in these civil cases, they're going to have to be like, calling in witnesses to prove when conception occurred yeah, true. to exactly mm-hmm. six weeks, which is insane. Like you might have to bring in sexual partners to the courtroom. Yeah. To- I mean, I could see like forging of cases like, Oh, we were at five weeks and six days and yeah. three hours. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Based on like the time of conception or the time of whatever, you know? Yeah. But that puts the doctor in a position of, of basically lying, which, you know, they have to be comfortable with. Y'all aren't supposed to lie. You're supposed to tell yeah. the truth at all times. I think that could be a whole other problem, a slippery slope into something worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. But I, I think, I don't know, I, I see possibility of conscientious objection of the law here, especially since it's not written from a executive branch level of enforcement. So I don't know. I, I kind of see things happening potentially that way, or at least I kind of hope they do. Or it could even be an increase in the cost of abortion services by $10,000. Yeah. at some clinics yeah that would be a thing so well we'll see what happens it's all very concerning speaking of not lying i would like to say to zane that you are a liar in what way? way you are a liar look at this <laughs> look, at, his look at this beautiful portrait of this guy up here yes right this is so for for listeners a few weeks ago i was presented with a <laughs> from the the uh, short code podcast co-host you can pass that around and as part of it, Zane had made this amazing portrait of me. And what I like about it is that it, it looks like me, but it's way better than I look. <laughs> hey, I got that picture from Facebook. <laughs> well, yeah, but you clearly chose what I love I mean, about. Did you were you like, OK, that's the one because it doesn't look like him. Because no, he looks better than than he. Basically, I what I want this, so. I, you, you know, you are doing exactly what a good portrait artist would do, <laughs> which is, you know, flatter your subject. And I yeah, appreciate that. Thank you so much. You have to. You this want them amazing. to feel good about it, right? We can't just yeah. 
You can't just you can't just put them up as they look right yeah, now. Exactly. People, people, <laughs> if you really think about it, when you walk around and look at people in this world, people are funky looking. Do you know what I'm saying? So you as a portraitist, <laughs> can you please just elaborate you, on that? Just a you tad can't look too close. Tell me more. Yeah. I just want you to like. There's a lot of it. Like you guys are all very attractive people. But when thank you, <laughs> I'm honored. But when I'm blushing. But but if you if you if you really think about it, in a in a sort of adopt a sort of alien viewpoint, like a viewpoint of somebody who doesn't understand. Like humans are weird looking. And then if you you know if you walk down and if you walk to your local mall, you're like, holy shit, there's a lot of weird looking people. Right? But the fair. portraitist's job <laughs> is to take the weirdest looking person that they're supposed to. That they're supposed to make art about mm-hmm. and not make them look weird. So, congratulations, <laughs> very well done. Thank you. It's me. Yes, it looks like you. It I does think. look. Yeah. I mean, it it is me. Yeah. It clearly is me. It's wonderful. It's so well executed, and at the same time, man, it's got me thinking. Hair plugs and just for men gel. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> just made your hair a little bit fluffier, but it's okay. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's it's lovely. Thank you. I wanted to. And then what did you do first. for me? You photoshopped. <laughs> okay, I, I'll, I'll tell the story. So basically, we are anatomy tutors together. Yeah. And so for our first meeting, I wanted to make something like a little splash, you know, with a very fun <laughs> little give, give, it, give a little taste of the Zane and Rick, you know. Yeah, like dish. what what they're getting into, you know. I see this photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah we need evidence. I think you got it, Zane. Um, I probably should. You also included something about Rick's breasts in your anatomy practice question. Oh, like, yeah. You would tell this. Okay, so <laughs> I okay, I had a lot of fun with this. I was writing questions <laughs> for just like to practice review because all the M1s were doing like they had like a review session with the uh, professor. And so I want to do a similar kind of vein. And so I was writing questions and it was themed magical school bus, Miss, Mrs. Frizzle and all the, the whole <laughs> thing. And so it started off with um, asking a question about getting from what was it? Oh, from a lymph node to the heart, or to like the how to get to the, from a lymph node to the heart, because tracking that like lymphatic systems. So Mrs. Frizzle is driving her bus through Rick's like cervical lymph node, getting back to his heart. And then I was like, well, let's keep this going, this theme. And so I decided to move on and say, well, on the like before she went into side Rick's like lymph node, she saw a potential mass on his left breast. So how do you get from his heart? to his left breast tissue oh, and, you, and you're tracking the vasculature. You a sly little thing up in there too. And then it gets it gets better. This is my favorite part. After that you get back to the heart and I asked so now you that happened in the left breast so in the right breast while he was bench pressing he was trying to bench press 225 which is obviously too much for him. <laughs> I wrote that specifically. Throwing you under the bus? Yeah I wrote that specifically and was no, like, like so bar. in so doing he tore his right uh, his right uh, pec muscle pec major and so how do you get back from his left breast to the pec major on the right side? So Miss Frizzle's gonna do show and tell and so yeah exactly so Mrs. Muscle. Frizzle's driving her little bus showing everyone Rick torn by a uh, peck major and i thought it was a really great set of questions it's well yeah yeah that's well done. it was creative what was the return rate for that group i heard <laughs> there's been a lot of hearing and telling yeah, about how about your group people have been talking about our group so i think it's going well so any future medical students the zane and rick shit show anatomy tutor group will be occurring for the next two years while we're still here feel yeah, free to yeah. sign up i'd vote for you for t- tutor of the year Thank you. What do you guys yeah. get out of tutoring? Money. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, we get paid seventeen an hour. Yeah, but only we don't get a we don't get paid for any preparation time. So you can spend like eight hours Ooh, putting together material, geez. and then yes. you get like thirty dollars a week. Yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I honestly got satisfaction out of it. Like, I, I put probably too much work into those slides, but like hearing that people are enjoying them and saying that they like it makes sense and it's helped, like that that makes it worth it. I agree. I think, you know what, I mean, the, the simple fact of the matter is, is that my impression is that this is how education works. I mean, you, you know, even medical education, like if you're a course director, yeah, you get a certain amount of credit for it. They, they don't pay you extra or anything, you know, like you, you just, you know, other duties as assigned, basically, in addition to your doctoring and your, and your teaching, is what I understand. I mean, you get, you get part of your salary is paid by the, by the college and part of your salary is paid by the hospital and, mm -hmm. and that's how that works. But, you know, I don't know if you get paid more as a course director. Basically. I'm not really sure. Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Yeah. Thank you. All right. What else are we going to talk about? Come on, hit me up. Grant, did you have something in mind? I thought you said something in the car. Oh, well, we talked a lot about the protests on campus in the Facebook group chat. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I don't know if we want to address we could talk about that i mean i do have a you know what it's it's this is this is a difficult topic so for those of you not on campus i will try to sum this up is this like your discretion yeah so basically there is a fraternity on campus that is accused of basically sexual assault or fostering an environment where sexual assault is appropriate so this week there were protests and during the protest there was a lot of there was vandalism big protest too is my mm -hmm. understanding mm -hmm. There are a lot of people. Did it break a thousand people or no? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It did it? Wow. Yeah. yeah. There were over 70,000 people that signed the petition, petition really? online. Yeah. Wow. Nice. That says a lot. Yeah. Like that's that's like Iowa City's entire population, right? Probably, yeah. That's like Des Moines' entire population. <laughs> we're not a big state. That's like half of Iowa signed this, po <laughs> this yeah. petition. So it's kind of a... Kind of a big deal for us here at the university this week. This particular fraternity has some high dollar donors to the university. So that's also been kind of a, a situation to talk about. Although I don't know that those donors have intervened in the past on other things that have happened. But anyway, I, I think what I read a lot of the discussion was when these things happen, when these protests happen and there is vandalism, there's a certain number of people who say... People who are expressing an opinion in a demonstration shouldn't vandalize. That just takes away from their message. And then the alternate viewpoint is... No justice, no peace. Right. Like, when people are angry and nobody's listening to them, you know, it's natural to want to f*** it up. There's always a, a component of, like, well, people shouldn't do certain things during protests because it detracts from the movement. What do you guys think about that? I'll say that there is a Facebook group for this protest on our campus, and I... I'm part of the Facebook group. I haven't actually gone to the protest yet, but it's really interesting to see how people are ripping each other apart in the same, like they're both protesting the same thing. And it's gotten to the point where people are leaving even before Why are people I, ripping each other apart because there's a huge, like people who aren't participating in property destruction are saying that it's taking away from the movement and you don't care about victims of sexual misconduct. And then the people who are participating, and obviously not all people, but some of the people who are participating in property destruction are saying, those of you who aren't participating, like, don't care enough, and you're just doing this performative activism. And so it's, but it's gotten to the point where people are screaming at each other in the comments thread of this Facebook group. And it's gotten so bad that even today, before I walked in here, I noticed, like, three people posted, like, a 
notes app thing saying I'm leaving this group because it's created like a toxic environment and it's really interesting. So I guess I would say I can't believe how that difference in methodology has caused such a tear in the movement. I hadn't realized how bad it was. I I, I, I realized I just thought people were protesting and like were unified in that front because to me it seemed like a step in the the right direction the protest just because ever since like the black lives Pro- protest started back in 2020 i think that, that was like a it like revamped protesting in a way in a, in a more positive light i feel like in the past protests were often looked down upon for similar reasons about it being like non-productive or being destructive in some ways but the fact that the black lives matter protest ended up seeking to like employ more change in a way that was actionable and showed like unify unification across the country was i thought kind of revamped protests and this protest in particular reminded me of a situation at my university where there was a fraternity that was kicked off of campus for it was like a a series of issues including sexual assault hate crimes against like minority groups and just a series of things and again like donations and having like previous members was always like a way that deterred the university from like taking action until the very very end when things just got way out of control but there weren't like big protests for it in that time it was like a few years ago and i think that it was way smaller of an issue and i think again part of it's because it was a smaller university that could have been why but i just think that seeing the fact that there are protests here in a way that's trying to show the people don't tolerate it shouldn't tolerate this kind of stuff was i thought like a positive take on it but i didn't realize that the toxicity within the group because of differences in opinion on how to take that action in a protest was as bad as it was. But I think this is a pretty common situation within large protest movements is factionalizing over methods and Mm -hmm. ideology differences and things like that. So Um, it seems to be like a recurring trend in history, (laughs) but no, I think that makes up a great point. And I think kind of linking this, you know, these protests here to like the protests that had been occurring with you know since 2020 you know i've had the conversation with numerous people about you know what is the message and i think it's problematic or it becomes problematic when a large group of individuals do not have a unified mission and i think this could be a case of this similar to how black lives matter like yes there's the general theme but like what are we gonna what are we protesting? Are we protesting police misviolence or are we trying to make civil change? And from people that I've talked to, they're like, I don't know what the real message is. And I think with these protests, it's people are deferring on methods. And what is the goal? Are we just trying to like destroy people like, you know, property? And that's how we're going to get back at them. Are we trying to seek, you know, sociopolitical change in the situation? Are we trying to seek repercussions? And I can understand when things, you know, large responses happen quickly, you know, viscerally, viscerally based on emotion. But there's got to be kind of like, I think, a well thought out process if it's going to have longevity, because I feel like this is a common theme where things break apart because of a lack of unified methods. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that both these issues, sexual assault and Black Lives Matter, are just such broad issues that are so systemic in different aspects and spheres within the country that, like, it's not just social, it's political, it's economic. It's like every aspect's involved in it, and that's what makes it hard to create, like, a, a unified front on it because there's so many issues that each individual is thinking about specifically that can't all be, that won't all be addressed in one specific protest or phrase that they're going off of. So it's just, it just shows just how systemic these issues end up being. That's a really good point. Listeners, if you ask us a question, it means that I don't have to make something up to 
talk about on the show. And the show becomes what you want it to be. So send your questions to the shortcoats at gmail.com or leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. It's Shortcode Podcast from the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler with med students Rick Gardner, Grant Hurt, Kate Paulson. Kate? That works. People call me Kate. Kate Paulson and Zane <laughs> Meddy. Say hi, everybody. Hello. 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 I want to play a game. We're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to play a game called Out of the Loop. We tried this once before on the podcast, and I think it went fairly well, but I want to do it again. Because you guys are such good friends, I wanted to play Out of the Loop friends version. So here's how this works. Every player looks at the secret word. One player doesn't get to see the secret word. Mm. But they know that they are the... Mm-hmm. They're out of, out, the of the out of the loop. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Everyone answers questions about the secret secret word, and, and then we guess who was out of the loop. Uh, All right? Oh, okay. So you got to pretend. If you're out of the loop, you pretend. If you're out of the loop, you got to pretend, because okay. you don't want to be guessed. But if you can make everybody... There's, there's points and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we'll see what okay. happens. But here we go. We'll play the, the other, the friends edition. I'm, I'm being told who the, who, who the person is. Who the friend is. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't look in his glasses, everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would be impressed if you could see from there. All right, Zane, that's for you. Okay. Got it. Okay, now Rick. What are you doing over I'm there? I'm just making sure I understand what's happening. Apparently, yeah, Rick's, I'm like kind of confused. Apparently, apparently, Rick's sweat has a particular smell. This what? is, huh? you've been told this before. What? From, that your sweat has like a unique smell that isn't. I think I've said that out of a joke, like in reference to like Post Malone talking about his must. No, like Jacob said it about you. Oh. <laughs> you say must? Yeah. With a T? Isn't it must? I think it's, it's must. A K. Oh. Musk. Musk. Learn something. I, I'm, glad, <laughs> also, I'm glad that I'm learning that my my sebaceous glands have particular secretion fragrances. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not the... Sub- it's mm, never mind. It's Which the one? bacteria that makes the smell. Eccrine glands or something. I don't know. It's the bacteria that's causing that smell, not but, your sebaceous glands. But yeah. the glands make the thing that caused the smell to occur. No, the bacteria no. digesting yeah, that. Exactly, they digest it. If if those glands were not producing, the bacteria would just be like. Maybe you just have a different flora on your body. Maybe you should wear. Technically, more we, we generally all do have a different flora on our yeah, bodies. Yeah, but that's probably why it smells. Interesting distinct. thing that Doctor K told me in micro lab is that like when you have like when we were testing the Staph aureus and mm-hmm. the uh, like the resistance to all those back- antibiotics on the big whatever plate, your bacteria flora will be more likely to be resistant if you were on antibiotics more as a child. Interesting. Correlative. So I was. I was sensitive to everything except for penicillin because they were my bacteria were penicillinase positive. But then, like some other people in the class had more resistant strains, and they had been on antibiotics as children. I know one person who had MRSA on their skin. Same. <laughs> they were sitting next to me, and I said, "I think I need to go bleach my hands." I'm gonna go douse myself in vancomycin. <laughs> Clindamycin resistant. I don't know what that means. That was the only thing it was huh. resistant to, though. Interesting. It wasn't even resistant to penicillin. Interesting. That's what mine was. Yeah. I, I, you know, my thought process was if I'm going to like, I mean, I should pursue surgery, like, you know, because if I give someone like a surgical site infection, like I'm the person to do it. Like they're, it's going to be like easy to treat. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm going to try to. That seems best. Rick's <laughs> going to stick his fingers in 
Like, oh, oh you want to hear something even crazier? So Dr. K told us. So apparently in Microlab, they used to have to like you would have to bring your own anal swab. Oh, yeah, rectal yeah, swab. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, would, it yeah. was a, an anal swab. You would stick a, like one of those like essentially the things like, uh, like a the con swab up your butt. Oh, and then you'd culture geez. that instead of it was that was before the hand washing, but ah. they switched it. And then yeah. they used to go give a so golden innovative. plate award to the person who was resistant to the most ba- like <laughs> oh my god and they figured that was like not the best thing to do you probably well <laughs> I, I remember a joe benda who is the course director for pathology years ago complaining that people would regularly come in with swabs that had nothing on them and be like oh i guess i'm all clean oh. and she'd be like there's no way that you can get within you know five inches of your butthole <laughs> and not have something on the plate when you're done. All right, question time. Answer <laughs> questions about the secret player, but make sure you don't give it away by giving too specific in your answers. Okay, okay. you don't want to give it away. Feel free to ask a follow-up question. Are we ready? Okay, let's do it. All right, this question is for Grant to ask Rick. How do they commute to their place of work? Ooh. They typically walk. Interesting. I think a lot of people walk. That doesn't help much. (laughs) All right. Does this person have a unique unique walk, Rick? Yeah, they like crimp walk everywhere. Okay. (laughs) I'd say how far are they willing to walk before it becomes ridiculous? I feel like there's three people who are two people who do not like walking and two who Really? Or more. Huh. I can see to some degree. I would say generally walk positive. They would be willing to Murph to their home is a okay distance to walk. Okay. okay. I was gonna hit next okay. question. Yeah. So this is for Dave to ask Caitlin. Oh All right, Caitlin. Uh yeah. does this person do they believe in a divine being? Ooh. This person is complicated. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hmm. Aren't we all? Yes. If that involves football, I would say yes. They honor their home team a lot. uh, I see. In terms of college. So I see. I see. I see. Yeah, a little bit more complicated. So we've got it. Yeah. So we've got a situation where, you know, it's it's Cornell. Mm -hmm. It's ISU. And it's Iowa for me. Iowa for you. And University of Arizona for Caitlin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. University of Arizona for you. Mm-hmm. I looked y'all up and I can't remember <laughs> That's okay. Okay. what your deeds were. All right. This one is for uh, Zane to ask Grant. Okay. Let's see. Name a hobby they wouldn't like. Showering. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. Um, sorry. <laughs> wow. That's that was quick. I don't like how quick you responded to that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We were just talking about stinky stuff. But I think it's clear what the, who, the, if, who the person is at this point. Okay, I don't know. What, what time it? do they go to the gym? Wait, what? All right. You got- <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Should I go next? Well, question? I mean, you know. Let's just see. There are, there, are, there are multiple people in this room who work out on the regular, I think. Well, but this not, person and is I'll me. give you a hint. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. this person maybe has a specific time that they go to the gym. Perhaps. Maybe, right. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Next question. All speculation. Rick to ask Dave. How long would they survive in a zombie apocalypse? I I would say that they would survive. They wouldn't be a, a target for like zombies. I don't think. Because there's not enough 
there's not enough delicious meat <laughs> on their on their bones because you want marbling you want you know with, with, with when you uh, when you're when you're a zombie I mean, okay <laughs> when you're a zombie you want good marbling you want for flavor i mean even right. zombies have a palate i would assume a rotting palate but yeah palate Rotting. Oh, <laughs> I heard erotic. Too. Oh, no, 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 no. The Barnes and Noble romance section. Featuring um, R.L. Stein. Oh, a cookbook for zombies. I'm saying they do all right. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree. Depending on the apocalypse, mm-hmm. if the moon hit the Earth, then maybe not. Uh, but okay, I'm gonna go to the next question. So, Zane, mm-hmm. if they were reborn as an animal, which animal would it be? Interesting. A golden retriever. Oh, <laughs> and why is that? Just like the bubbly personality. Mm-hmm. It makes it would just fit very well. Smiley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next question. High energy. Discussion time. All right. What do we know about this person? We know they like to walk to work, and that's like a decent enough distance for them to walk. We know that they believe in football as divinity. A hobby they wouldn't like. Oh, I don't even remember what we talked about. Showering. Showering. Oh, showering. That's what it was. I thought that was a joke, but maybe not. That's all I said, actually. And then Dave, for surviving the zombie apocalypse, I think they'd do it pretty all right. I think we'd all agree with that. And then reborn as an animal, definitely golden retriever. Would fit. All right. Ready to vote? I think that's... I, anybody have anything to say about those about those ideas? I just feel like it's utterly clear. <laughs> I agree. Who this person is. All righty. Ready to vote. Yeah. Grant, you go first. Ready to vote on Drum the roll. Yeah. I feel like this is just a formality at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems it to be. For, for the records. You know, like, if I was to critique how we all did, I think we gave away too much. That's okay. Dave's disappointed. <laughs> but see, one of the so who is out of the loop though? Nobody is out of the loop this time. Who what about who was in the beginning? Like who had like a different name? Is that what it is? I think somebody it's, was just told you're out of the loop. Oh. oh. We're voting for like so So we're voting right now for who we think did not have the information that everybody else had. Okay. Okay. And I'm not sure who that is because I Me feel too. like we all quickly zeroed in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. I was. Did anyone okay. have trouble or like difficulty understanding the prompt to which they were supposed to be conversing about? Mm. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute. How about that? We'll, I we'll, think we'll once do the results it. come in, yeah. I will have a yeah. better answer. Better yeah. idea of like what, if you did yeah. understand things correctly or not. Yeah. I just okay. That's why it took so long. I was rereading. I was like, oh, okay, okay. All right. I, I don't know. I don't know who was out of it because I feel like we all. All right. Zane. Okay. You get to vote. Let's see. I don't know. I, again, like you said, I feel like everyone had a decent understanding. So we all were talking about one person. Yeah. But that person could have been in on it? Yeah. Oh. So some, like, so somebody else could have. So even it. you could have been talking about yourself. Yeah. And yeah. that was fine. Yeah. Okay. Now I understand why it's so hard to choose. Hmm. Sure. Okay, who's next? Rick. This is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I knew what I was going to choose. We'll go there. Caitlin. Woohoo! Last one. It's time for you. What do I want right now? I want a donut. I. A donut? Was way faster than you. Okay, results? See results. Do we yeah. hand it back? What does it, uh, it say? The majority voted for Rick. Shocker. But who was the actual person? 
Oh was my me. gosh, it was, it was Grant. Grant. Let's go. I got it. <laughs> you, you guessed me. Yeah. What? Yeah, I was out of the loop. I didn't know it was Rick. Bro, I thought so we were, just, it just said talk about other players. You get points for oh, damn. not leading us towards you. I got points. Cool. It just said talk about other players. And that's why I was like, who likes to walk? And I was like, I don't know. I think all of us except for Grant. Wait, also I don't understand what just away. happened because the, what I saw was Rick. Yeah. Same. No, so here let me let me explain. But he never knew who I didn't. I didn't know either. Rick was the secret other players. Uh, Rick was the secret person. So you guys all knew that we were talking. You were answering questions about Rick, but I had no idea I was answering about Rick. So when I said he doesn't like showering, I was just guessing which player I was talking about. Oh, let's see. But also, Rick didn't know who to talk about either. Yeah, I didn't say my name. So confusing. Are you sure? Based on what I understood, I think you might have missed it. Mine like very. Mine said like pretend. Like you are out oh, of the loop. Oh, mine didn't say it just said talk about other players. And I was like, okay. Oh, mine said you are out of the loop. Oh, okay. Like, mine did not say that. that. Oh. Okay. So guess reveal. This is for the secret player. So we didn't give away too I much guess Rick. because Well, maybe we led you to be good you, at guessing. You gave away too much. Yeah. The football. Yeah, you yeah. don't want yeah, you gave you basically <laughs> gave Grant. We know how much he talks about Iowa football. Well, but the other thing, <laughs> but the other thing was walking, because Rick has once walked like two hours to my house. I almost walked two hours and, and I was go. like, what the hell? Okay, well, the only doing? person it excluded, I feel like, was Grant because yeah. I see Zane walking. Yeah. And I no, run. You, you yeah. walk. I walk a lot. Walk. He I'd, walks all the way from Aspire. Yeah. I drive everywhere. I park every day and pay. <laughs> That's why I thought he was talking about me at first. I was like, oh, he's out of the loop because he was talking about me. No, I mean, in general, I almost said, well, if I said walking from downtown, that would have singled me out and I didn't want to be too inclusive. I wanted to, or I wanted to be too exclusive. I wanted to be very inclusive. So I got. 125 points for getting it correct that Rick was the secret player. Too. What, what did I get? Because I guessed you. I think you guys got a fat zero. What do you mean? I, I guessed you. Uh, let me see. Yeah, Rick got 25 points. Oh. Everyone, everyone else. Oh, wow. So I got 175 points. Rick got 25, and everyone else has zero. That is so <laughs> underwhelming. <laughs> I just don't know why the person who's being talked about doesn't know they're being talked about because that means there's two people who doesn't know what's going on. Maybe Rick, Rick missed, it. missed it. I think okay. Rick missed it. Yeah, maybe I think I didn't know I was being talked about. But I think <laughs> <laughs> so. Maybe I didn't miss it. <laughs> I think if you, I, I think if you know the game, yeah, I, I think it should have said probably yeah. something like you're who's being talked about. Maybe yeah. it, it flashed your name and you just thought that was because it. It was said on my you. name twice on there. Yeah, that's uh-huh. why. Okay, that's think, why. And I didn't know like because it had the big thing at the top yeah. and it said like is that like what the topic was the big circle mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yep. Okay, it said that, but I just thought it was like yes. That's me. I'm confirmed. Like, that's who's supposed to have the phone. And then I confirm by saying, I'm Rick. Okay. Well, now, can we address this fact? You called me smelly and never apologized. (laughs) So, so. (laughs) Does it like to shower? I shower once a day. Every single day. I thought that you were in on the thing. I thought, like, it's called, like, the Rick scent. Or, like. No! (laughs) But yes, does everyone in Rumor House know about it? (laughs) Rumor House does know, but it's not like a. Anyway. It's rumor house. It's, it's me and, it's me and my roommates. We call ourselves rumor house. Yeah, they, they they live together, and they're like, "What should we call our house?" They're a rumor house. So then, like, rumors always start there. I don't I think a, a rumor Here's house one. originated. You're seeing no, a rumor so, happen right in front of you. It was so random. So I live with two girls who are also M2s, and we moved in. And like the first day, we wanted to name our text message group chat, and we were like, "What should we call it?" And then Sonica out of nowhere is just like rumor house, even though we've never started a rumor in our <laughs> lives. <laughs> but then ever since we've called ourselves rumor house, we've started rumors for fun. 
for like I won't about mention Rick. any here, but about just Rick, like yeah. we all know they're we all know they're no fake no. Rumors, I but. love how he won't even mention it because like he's like that's factual. Rick's <laughs> it's not a rumor. It's so a actually, Jacob started that one. I didn't even call you Smelly. It was Jacob. I'm just <laughs> spreading the rumor. <laughs> Living up to the We're name of the house. Passing the blame. Okay. Okay. What did he say specifically? I'm just he said curious. that Rick has a scent when he sweats, and that it's not bad, but it's very unique to him. To be like fair, pseudomonis? you have picked me up numerous <laughs> times from the gym. You guys have picked me up from the gym, and I was like, yeah. I want to preface being like, I don't smell great. Do you not right put deodorant now. on? I do. Well, no, but I, I'm a. I think I have hyperhydrosis. Oh, okay. The funny thing is though, Grant. Jacob said it doesn't smell bad. It just really like smells. I'm telling you, it doesn't like smell it. fruity. He has pseudomonas. Rick is fruity. No, I have diabetes. I'm literally out glucose. Sugar. Yeah. Is this a diagnostic criteria for alcoholism? I feel like when I've when I know somebody who's an alcoholic and who and somebody who's been drinking, uh huh, they smell to me like donuts. Oh, interesting. I think, I think we smell like fireball. High in. Oh, oh, that was another question. Well, um, okay. if you've made it this far into the show zane rick caitlin grant thanks for being on the show today with me thank, thank you, you for having yeah. us yeah. and what kind of pile and idle cyst would i be if i didn't thank you shortcoats for making us a part of your week <laughs> if you're new and you like what you heard today follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available our editors are aj chowdhury and eric bozart the show is made possible by a generous donation by carver college of medicine student government and ongoing support from the writing and humanities program our music is by dr vox and catmosphere i'm dave etler saying keep your rubber smiling mask on talk to you in one week. Hi, short coats. Look, life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult. And I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about, but I see you and I'm glad you're here and other people are too. 